Actually, it's such a real privilege, isn't it, to be able to share around the Word of God on the 7th of January. What an amazing time. 7th of January is just the best time to reflect, isn't it? I've got pictures of myself at the batch in my head, drawing little circles, drawing little bigger circles, drawing bigger circles of what we're going to do this year and how we're going to attack the year and and how we're going to see if we can take new ground for the Lord each year. I love January. So we're going to um, get a PowerPoint up there in a moment, but that's all good. We'll carry on. Um, When we think about January and when we think about... uh, the days to come, it's really good just to commit that whole time to the Lord, isn't it? So let's do that first. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that as we come at the beginning of a year, Lord, we can uh, begin to reflect on the year that's been. Lord, we can begin to reflect on what we might be able to do this year for you. Lord, we can begin to reflect on how we want to see your glory reflected in our lives. And so, Father, as we come before your word this morning, I pray that you'd help us just to think and just to hear your voice and to have something implanted in us that will do us good this year. Amen. All right, so on we go, John. We move on a bit. We're going to get the hang of this. Yeah, January, reflection time. Okay, so in the scriptures, in Joshua chapter 1, There's an amazing verse there that says, wherever your foot will tread, I've promised you that land. Yeah? Wherever your foot will tread, I've promised you that land. It was a promise that was made to Moses right back at the beginning. God said to Moses, wherever you put your foot, as I take you into the promised land, as I take you into that place, wherever you put your foot, you're going to take that land. Yeah? And... Moses didn't actually quite get there. And so then again, in the beginning of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 3, that same promise is given to Joshua. And that promise is, Joshua, wherever you put your foot, that's what you're going to take. That's your territory that you're going to take. Yeah? And guess what? That same scripture is exactly the same scripture that's been given to Church Unlimited many times. Yeah? So we're part of a church that is believing that every place that the sole of our foot will tread upon, God will give us. The promise still stands as it was in that song, yeah? So what I want to do this morning is try and um, kind of help us to understand what that means for us. What does it mean for you if you're a kid? What does that mean for you if you're a teenager? What does that mean for you if you're a mum and you're surrounded with little ones? What does it mean for you if you're a professional? What does it mean for us that suddenly have hit, oh, the 60s? It's not the end. It's still the beginning. What, What is there? What is it that God has ahead of us that we can put our foot on? And what land, what ground can we take? Yeah? So I've got a couple of kind of concepts of feet and how feet are spoken of in the word that I want us to go through. The first one I really like is that our feet, decision this morning, what shoes do I wear? But my feet are shod with the gospel of peace, hopefully. Yeah? 
And I really want to um, just explore that for a minute because that concept of my feet being shod with the gospel of peace is something that I like to own personally. So in my personal life, wherever I walk, am I bringing peace? Sometimes it's hard, isn't it? It's really hard. You think, oh, it doesn't look very peaceful around here. There's a bit of argy-bargy going on around here. There's a whole heap of different points of view going on here. Oh, peace. Yeah? Half the room knows me in lots of different settings. Yep. It's not always a peaceful place. The, The word is clear, though. It says, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So how do we prepare for that? Yeah? We hear quite a lot about, like, the gifts of the Spirit. We hear about the ministries of the Spirit. I want to just challenge us this morning to think, how could we develop things like the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge or the gift of healing or the ministry of administrations? Maybe it's just a case of tidying up the bench. That brings a bit of peace. Yeah? So it's practical things, spiritual things, miracles, Compassion, listening, all of those things bring peace at a personal level. Now, just as you're sitting there and thinking about your world, I really want to encourage you to think and to know that no matter who you are, you can get the right shoes out of the wardrobe, get the ones that are, that are prepared with that ability to bring peace. The other day I was visiting one of my... Um, relatives that I don't usually visit very often, and she said to me, oh gosh, I feel so bad, I should have should have visited you when you were at home, you know, because I had an operation, I feel so bad, and I had my son hat in my hand, and I said to her, here, put all the feel bads in the hat and we'll biff it out the window, eh? So, you know, just as simple as that, and she said, oh thanks Sue, that's so good, yeah? And that night somebody else was chatting to me and saying, oh gosh, you know, I don't know how to deal with this person and it comes back to me and we've talked about it before and I thought, oh gosh, I don't really wasn't particularly in the mood to talk about it at all, to be honest. <laughs> I remembered, um, I think it was Joel Holmes spoke a few years ago about tarrying. I thought, right, sit yourself down, girl. Sit down. Okay, have another listen. And a new thought came into my head and I said, well, what about blah, blah, blah? That was a really cool idea that day, you know. And again, there's some more peace that comes in. And so taking ground or taking territory where our feet tread, often it's just a case of one foot in front of the other, one prayer, one other aspect of peace coming, and you do actually make ground, yeah? Yeah? So I think we can see these prophecies as something that's really massive, But let's break it down to the everyday thing of going to visit somebody, sitting, chatting to somebody, getting your listening ears on. I love Isaiah 50. Isaiah 50 says, "Um, The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He wakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to hear as the learned. Man, if you're in the word every day, there's a chance that you'll have a bright idea that'll help somebody, yeah? There's just a chance that you might get the right perspective happening. And that's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. But I want us to think, too, of the bigger ideas. And there's some really big ideas that we're going to put up on the screen in a moment. The first really big idea is in Psalm 8, where it says, 
What is man, God is saying, uh, David is saying, what is man that you're mindful of him, God? Man, you're so up there, you're so amazing. And yet, you've made man, that's all of us, nobody left out, everybody. You have made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. So feet, therefore, don't just speak about peace, but they speak of authority, yeah? So it's learning to take authority or to take leadership or take responsibility in whatever area that God's given us. So when I had a bunch of little kids around me, that was my responsibility. When I had a bunch of these teenagers all around me, that was my responsibility. Now, you know, I've got little grandies and all sorts of things happening. That's my responsibility. So that concept of authority also comes with the concept of expansion. And that's, I think, what we hear through the Church Unlimited prophetic word, yeah? So it's expanding. It's his kingdom expanding through our walk with peace. But it's also his kingdom expanding as we learn step by step, step by step, to take authority in whatever area God's given us. And I like to think of that as our profession, yeah? There's a heap of us here who are teachers, doctors, you know, there may be some lawyers or whatever. But hey, there's some mums at home. I was that for years. There's some nanas. You know, there's whatever area we've got. That's your calling, yeah? Your vocation. And so your calling or your vocation is to become that person who takes responsibility, who learns to rule and reign. It doesn't mean to say you boss everybody around. It means you actually serve, yeah? But the other big concept there is the concept in Revelation 5, verse 10, that we're kings and priests. So we're priests before God, and then we're a king over whatever God's called us to. Yeah, so if you're a student, if you're just kind of setting out into your new whatever you're going to do, you're beginning to step out and take, take land there, yeah? So I've got a bit of an example of Nehemiah. Nehemiah's my favourite. I think he's an amazing person who actually took responsibility for something that perhaps he didn't need to. He worked a long way away from um, where he ended up going. He was the cupbearer to a king. That was a really good job, perhaps, except if somebody was trying to poison the king, I guess. That would be curtains for you. But he was, he was in responsible government. But he heard about his own people who were really lost or disturbed or broken down. They were in trouble. Yeah? So he said, oh, this is an area that I can see that is an area of need or an area of challenge. Yeah? And so that's what I want us to think about at the moment. All of us see in society around us, or in our schools, or in our homes, or in our church, all of us can see something that needs to be done better. Every single one of us. We can see areas in our own practice. We can see areas in society. We can see areas it needs fixing, yeah? So Nehemiah, he actually identified with that problem. He took it on as his own. And so he said, okay, God... I'm going to take this on, see what we can do about it. Now, he didn't just blunder in. He took initiative, but then he negotiated access. He went and talked to the king, and he said, 
hey, can you help me? I need to go into this area. Yes, so there's a bit of a period of negotiation. He kind of saw the idea, saw the need, and then he kind of sorted out what he was going to do about it. Yeah? And I think that's something that, as a church, as individuals, in our professions, in our homes, kind of see something and you kind of go, no, I'm not sure about this. How's this going to work? Might talk to my daughter, my sons, might bring up my friend, might pray, might Google it, whatever. Take some initiative, take some action there. Once he got there, he trundled in with his donkey, he started to create not just a space for himself but for others. So he rallied others and he said, do you see that these walls are broken down? Do you see that this actually needs fixing? I know you guys are demoralised. I know you guys have had a really, really tough time. I know this is not good, but how about you help? Yeah? So he kind of got a band of people around him and said, if you do that bit and you do that bit and you do that bit and, hey, do it as families because it's weak as a family, it'll go well. You do that bit, you do that bit. You do, there's a whole lot of gates here we've got to sort. There's a whole lot of wall. And he really motivated those people to do it. Now, sometimes when we're Christians, I think we get a bit, well, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one. You kind of get this idea, well, I'm walking with the Lord, it'll be easy. Uh-uh. <laughs> Nehemiah, oh my goodness, I could imagine him with a trowel. It would have been quite cool fun, a bit like icing a cake maybe. You know, here's a, here's a, a brick and I'm going to get some slop and I'm going to slap it around. I would have had quite cool fun with doing that, you know, making it all smooth and all nice. But oh no, building that wall meant he had to fight as well. So he had to have a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other and then he had a trumpet going on as well. There was an enemy yeah? So even when you've seen the area, you've negotiated, you've worked it out, you've planned, there will be an enemy. And so you need to be prepared that you've got to fight at the same time. And the thing I love about Nehemiah is he knew when to face that enemy and when to say, oh, later. Yeah? Sam Ballard and Tobiah wanted to meet with him and he said, oh, later. Yeah? later. Do you know at the end of that book, Nehemiah, Sambalat and Tobiah were all still there, but he'd built the, rock, the wall. Yeah? He'd succeeded in his mission even when the, the enemy was still lurking. Yeah? In fact, he was in the money part. So he didn't give up despite discomfort. It was incredibly discomforting. He could have jumped on his donkey got, and gone back where he came from, but he didn't. Yeah, he hung out. Stuck with it. Man, the bit I really love about his story too is he actually chose joy. I remember having to choose joy years and years ago. Oh my goodness, this is hard. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. And then I read the scripture it said, be a joyful mother of children. I thought, hmm, there's got to be some changes around here if I'm going to walk that. <laughs> I learned joy, joy, joy is what gives you strength. Okay, so let's choose joy doesn't come naturally, doesn't come just because you sit there and, you know, eat your best chocolate and watch your best movie. You don't suddenly transform into a joyous person. It becomes, it's a choice. And you work through it, you work through it, work through it. And then as you see the ground behind you, woohoo, that really is joy, isn't it? Woohoo, I've actually made some ground. 
Oh, woohoo, I can stand on this truth that I've learned. That's joy for me, yeah? So, Nehemiah, he claimed ground. He walked forward. He actually did it. My hero, yeah? So I really encourage you, when you're thinking this year, what is it that's bugging me? What is it that I, would li- that I have desired for a long time? What is it that's my kind of dream or my, my itch or my, or maybe your annoyance? Man, I wish, da-da-da. Could be that you're the answer to that, yeah? Could be that you are. Could be that as you identify with that problem and start to pray, yeah, if my people who are humbled, who humble themselves and pray, could be that you could come up with something that nobody's ever thought of before. Could be that you would be the one that would bring that initiative through, that would create that space for other people that could actually make an incredible difference. How exciting would that be? You young people could be that you could be the one that could be the encouragement to the people around you. Young people are incredible leaders, are they not? Oh, my goodness. Once they get going with power and, and strength and perseverance and joy comes naturally, eh? Haven't been slapped down so often, maybe. Don't have those fears lurking that some of us have developed over a lot of years, Yeah? You guys, you young guys, I really encourage you. Think about it. What if, if it was looking really good, what would it look like? Okay, how can we get there? Negotiate some access. Sort it through. Take the lead. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. So I've tried to encourage us to think that at a personal level, taking new ground is often a matter of bringing peace. Yeah? So taking ground at a personal level is often finding that peace and establishing it. Taking ground at a professional level, in, in terms of your calling, which isn't, you know, in terms of your occupation, what you spend most of your time doing, try looking at Nehemiah as, a, as a, an example. Try hanging out with him for a bit. Read that book, see what he thinks. See what he says to you, yeah? Try that. But just for a few minutes, I want to move on and think about it in terms of our church. I want us just to um, reflect on the end of that verse, as I said to Moses. Now, what went wrong with Moses? Why didn't Moses actually get to his promised land? Mm -hmm. He saw it. God took him up on a hill and showed it to him. And we can't take away from Moses. He did amazing things. My goodness, can you imagine leading millions of people through a desert? You know, we can congratulate Moses. But he didn't quite get there. Now, there are a couple of things that I've been thinking about that stopped him. The first one was that he had a whole bunch of people that complained. Yeah? So there was a heap of complaining going on. And he didn't always deal with that quite as he ought. And also there was a lot of fear. Fear of, well, maybe dissatisfaction. Oh, we're sick of myrrh. Oh, we're thirsty. Oh, the, the, the wild beasts are too big. 
yeah, there's a lot of, lot of angst going on, wasn't there? And he didn't always handle that. But who's, who's this verse spoken to now? This, this verse is being spoken to Joshua. What was the difference between the people around Moses and Joshua and Caleb? Remember? Joshua and Caleb were two of the spies that went into the very same land. And instead of seeing all the problems, they saw the fruit. They saw the potential, right? So they came back. They're the dudes that came back with the great whopping bunches of grapes. And they saw the potential and they had faith and they were fearless. Mm -hmm. They weren't unrealistic, I don't think. But they chose, as that song says, to keep their eyes above the waves and they looked at the potential. And so that's the other thing I want us to think about today. When we're thinking about our foot taking next step, keep your eye on the potential. Okay, what's the potential here? We know it's going to be tough. Yeah. What could we do to expand? Another step. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know about this. Stabilize yourself. Uh, uh, another step. Okay, let's keep our eyes on the potential of what the gospel can achieve in our community. Let's keep our eyes on the potential of what this church can look like. Let's keep our eyes on the potential of what your brother or your sister or your friends or whatever beside you can achieve, yeah, in 2018. So, how can we make sure we gain ground as a church? I think we can go back and learn from Nehemiah as well. So the last thing I want to talk about is that we actually don't do all this on our own, yeah? So, you know, Helen and I have been around a long time, Oh my goodness, the age, you know, time creeps up on you, doesn't it? But I can remember at various stages of our Christian life being really challenged. And I remember very clearly, um, we were way back in our 30s, we were asked to be leaders. I think we were even called elders, which seems a bit daft because we weren't very old. And I remember reading, um, I remember reading the scripture and the scripture said, if you're going to have an office like that, you've got to be given to hospitality. I thought, given to hospitality, <laughs> I don't like hospitality. I can't cope with my own kids and getting lunch on the table. Far less hospitality. Who wants hospitality? Not me. I'm too busy. Yeah? But I remember very being convicted about it and thinking, well, I've got to be given to hospitality. The, the Bible says so. So I remember going forward to a, an altar call once. <laughs> what do you want prayer for, Sue? Oh, don't like hospitality. That's a strange request. Anyway, it was prayed for. And, you know, my thinking and my attitude and my ability to offer hospitality transformed. From then on, hospitality actually became a hallmark of what we do. Yeah? We have droves of people quite often. Yeah? And it's fun. It's great. Our kitchen is set up for hospitality. Our house is set up for hospitality. My heart never says no pretty well. This morning I get a... Tim here says, oh, well, Mum, there's four friends and somebody else is, is coming. Great. More the merrier. Okay, what do we need to do? All right, buy a couple of quiches. That's easy. Done. Yeah? Uh, so-and-so else is coming. No, that's fine. Talk to Margaret and Frank. They're experts at it. Oh, my goodness. But it might have come naturally to you guys. But it didn't come naturally to me, yeah? So I just want to encourage you that 
if you, in that process of stepping up, or you see that need and you think, I can see that, but I don't have what it takes. Neither did I. Yeah? Neither did I, big time. You see that thing that God's just calling you to do, or you feel that tug, but it seems too big, yay. That's exactly the best space to be, because now you can say, God, it's certainly not going to be me. It's going to be you working through me. Now, does that change the fact that there's heaps of dishes and, you know, you've got to buy bigger pots and, yeah, buy more sheets and do the washing more often? No, it doesn't. It just means that you've got a greater sort of sense of, I can do this. And the joy of often just creating something out of nothing and it works. Yay, that was God. Yeah? And so you've got that sense of we're actually walking with God here. We're actually walking in peace. We're actually walking and making progress. We're actually walking and doing something that we couldn't do outside of God. Yeah. So I want to really encourage us in that sense this, this year, don't settle for what you've already done. Don't settle for where you already are, but start to think, what could I do personally to bring more peace in my surroundings? What could I do professionally to do a better job in my calling? What could I do in this church? Maybe all I can do is smile and shake somebody's hand. Well, great, we need you on the door. Yeah? Maybe I'm pretty good at making scones. Awesome. You're out there. Yeah? And don't stay out there. You probably are the very person that's fantastic with the word of knowledge. We need you here praying too. Yeah? And what? You've got grey hair? Awesome. Join the club. We're the party crew. Let's get going and do something for God. What? You're young? Awesome. Let's get some foundation truth going on in you and get going. Yeah? So just that sense of just hang loose, be free. Don't get hemmed in by what you've already done or what you think you can or can't do. My word. With God, you can do heaps. So as I close now, I want to um, just invite us all, if any of you would like as I wanted, it seemed like such a strange request. I remember the pastor at the time saying, pray for hospitality, that's an odd request. Okay, I'll pray. And it made a huge difference, yeah? So if you've got areas of your life that you think you could do with some more peace, and you'd like to be that person that could bring peace, I'd invite you in a few minutes just to come and and we'll pray together. If you're somebody that is needs more strength and more insight and more understanding of what to do in your calling, or maybe you're feeling hemmed in by what you're already doing and you want to expand, you need a new job, I invite you for prayer too. And if you're somebody that's sitting here and you think, oh, well, this church, I've been coming for a while, but I don't know where I fit, don't know what to do. It's all very well being Denise and Emma, they've got this glorious voice and only Edda can do all this drumming, but what do I do? Yeah, feel free to come for prayer. But before that, this, this scripture here, 
I really want to um, just speak to anybody here who hasn't yet made that amazing commitment to actually walk with the Lord in all this. Yeah? I don't know, 40, it's quite a few years ago since I made that commitment now, yeah? But I remember very clearly the scripture, Revelation 3.20, Behold, the Lord says, God says, I'm standing and I'm knocking on your door, the door of your heart. My heart, a little 18-year-old from up here, knocking on your heart, and guess what? I want to come in, and I just want to actually eat with you. That's pretty intimate. I want to actually walk with you in all those areas of your life. It's, you're not left alone. You respond to that introduction. You respond to that, can you hear it? That kind of knocking going on. You respond and open that door believe you me, you're welcomed into a life where the word, his word, becomes the bit that you can stand on every step of the way, every single step of the way, whether it's personally, professionally, in terms of church, in terms of ministry, in terms of any area of life, his word has never failed me yet. (laughs) Oh my goodness, some sticky times. Stand on that word. Yeah, stand on that word. Keep standing on that word. And so if there's anybody here, just as the rest of us pray and Matt um, plays, if there's anybody who'd like to commit their heart to the Lord, anybody who'd like to respond to that knocking this morning, really just to invite you to put your hand up so I can see, and then we can um, do some come alongside you and help you, support you. Is there anybody who'd like to do that this morning? It's awesome. Now, you don't have to be somebody who's never done this before. You might be somebody who feels that their commitment or their their sense of God being with them has just gone a little bit dim. So just invite anyone else like that too. It'd be really cool. Okay, so Emma, are we going to have a final song? So as as the musicians come and we do a final song, we'll just ask any of you who'd like prayer for any of those areas that I was talking about, just to come forward and a few of us will gather around and pray for you, eh?